Hello and welcome to a special edition of Spectator Radio. I'm Kate Andrews, the Spectator's Economics Editor, and I'll be your host for the next half hour. Over 25 million smart meters have been installed across Britain. Does this officially mean that smart meters have been a success? In 2019, The Spectator hosted Smart Energy GB on a podcast to discuss their rollout, and now we're back again to reflect on what we've learned over the years and where there are still challenges. Have people's understandings of smart meters changed? And are they really as good and efficient as they seem? With me to discuss where smart meters can fit into the net zero ambition, I'm joined by Fleer Lawton, Head of Public Affairs at Smart Energy GB, Adam John, who is a reporter at Utility Weekly, and Jerome Mayhew, Conservative MP, who sits on the Environmental Audit Committee. This podcast is kindly sponsored by Smart Energy GB. Well, Fleer, Adam, and John, it's great to have you on the podcast. Adam, I'll start with you. Have your views changed on smart meters since you were last on this podcast? You mentioned then that attitudes towards smart meters could be dramatically improved if they could be seen as part of efforts to decarbonize. I think we're getting there, definitely. I think we're in a much better position than we were the last time I was on the, the podcast. I think the conversation is now starting to shift towards the, the green element of the smart meter roller and the, the benefits that the devices can provide for everyday consumers. I think previously there was a lot of emphasis on cost and I think that is totally understandable because when you're trying to get a mass market on board, costs are important to everybody. But I think also now there is a, an element that we need smart meters to help us decarbonize. And I think that is definitely starting to feed through to the wider consumer base. And that's really seen in products and services that are being offered by energy companies. Many companies are now offering time of use tariffs, which means you, you pay a certain amount at certain times of day for your energy. And I think also the the benefits of other elements of life, such as using your charging up your EV by using smart technology, I think that's that's much more well publicised now than it has been previously. So I think we've definitely seen some improvements, certainly in the last two years. Fleer, can you explain what's been happening over the past few years with the smart meter rollout? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I absolutely agree with what Adam's just said. Things have changed. The dial has really shifted in terms of people's understanding about smart meters and their understanding about the contribution that smart meters make, both within their own sort of personal circumstances, but also wider than that as well within society and in terms of working towards net zero. At Smart Energy GB, we're the national consumer campaign that supports the rollout of smart meters. And certainly in terms of our messaging, it has shifted over the last few years. When we first started, nobody knew what a smart meter was. And it was very much about having to explain sort of, you know, what it is to raise awareness and get to the understanding of sort of, you know, we were talking about pounds and pence. We were talking about very personal issues, but that has shifted. And our messaging now is is far broader. We know that across Great Britain, different messages will appeal to different people. And so we're looking at sort of how we do that, how we encourage people, whether they're more driven by net zero or are they driven by the contribution that this makes to to Britain as a whole and Britain's economy. So I think that messaging has really changed. People's understanding has changed and people are far more positive in terms of wanting to understand their energy and, and get a smart meter installed. Jerome, the country is facing an energy crisis this winter due to a global gas shortage. It's not unique to the UK, but the UK is by no means an exception. Do you think that this crisis has changed or perhaps increased the government's commitment to smart meters? 
Well, I think the, as we've heard, the government's commitment is pretty, pretty substantial to smart meters. So it doesn't need to be increased. We've got a plan to get to 100% coverage in the next few years of smart meters. I think the messaging has moved on over the last couple or three years from the climate side of things and the cost side of things, but we also do need to talk about the benefits. There are really substantial benefits for consumers, both now in terms of information, but the unlocking the future, if you can call it that. I think there's, there's a lot of benefit in the future which this technology helps to, to facilitate. Hmm. We'll come back to those who might be holding out on getting their smart meter. But first, Adam, how have the devices themselves changed or innovated over the last few years? There have been some technical issues that have been reported in the media. Yes, well, actually, that is on track. So we've got the data communications company, which underpins the the entire smart system. They are in the process of migrating first generation, what we call SMEPS1 smart meters onto the wider system so that they have the full functionality as the more recent models, the SMEPS2 second generation smart meters. So certainly there has been a lot of improvement in that. And off the top of my head, I think we're well over 5 million SMEPS1 smart meters have been migrated onto the DCC system. So we are making vast improvements. And I think though the point still stands the way that the early stages of the rollout was handled in, in that SMEPS-1 devices were being installed into, into consumers' homes and didn't have full functionality and that led to a negative experience. That was unfortunate, but I think certainly we are moving past that now and, and we're getting to the point where people are starting to, to realise that actually they do work and they are going to be monumental in the way that this country shifts towards net zero certainly as, as we, we're getting closer to 2050 and that's less than 30 years away now and it's going to come really quickly and i think we're going to see more change over the next next few decades Fleer, some people are still worried however about household data being shared and monitored by government and private companies how would you respond to those concerns So the smart meter system has been designed by GCHQ, by experts in terms of cybersecurity, in looking at making sure that this system is as secure as it can be. Importantly, the only information that's going across from your smart meter is your meter reading. So exactly the same as you would send to your energy supplier anyway. So it doesn't include your name, your address or anything like that that people can get hold of. And it's far less data than we share on you know, numerous other platforms these days. So I think there's, you know, it's, it's really important that people are comfortable with that. There are studies out there, you know, the reports out there on this. But as I say, GCHQ have been very much part and parcel of, of designing this and, and making it safe as it can be. Jerome, for some people, as safe as it can be is still not going to be convincing enough, though, is it? Especially as we've all moved so much online over the past 18 months. There have been huge benefits in productivity that some have seen, but others have been subject to hacks and leaks. NHS data from time to time has even been hacked. So what would you say to those that are concerned about a more data sharing element coming into their home? Yeah, well, as Flora has just told us, the, the actual data that is being shared is minimal. There's no personal data there. It's just the, the meter reading, which you know, fascinating in itself. It's not, gonna, it's not, it's not the you know, national secrets, is it? But for people who are still really worried about that, you know, this is voluntary. No one's being forced to have one of these meters. It's something which you can decide not to take advantage of. But you'll be paying a price for that because we already know suppliers are reserving some of their best deals for people who have smart meters. 
and quite right too, because they can take advantage of its, the operations that, they've, that they allow to give you, you know, a better result, a better result for the supplier, but also, and increasingly, a better result for consumers. So as a consumer, I'd love to have one. Adam, have these deals made consumer behavior shift? Are we seeing evidence, dare I say, that smart meters are making people smarter about their energy consumption? I think, as somebody that reports often on the, the energy retail sector, I'd really like to think that that was the case. <laughs> I think I'm somebody that, that reports on, on this topic a lot, and, and even I have quite minimal interaction with my smart meter at the moment. I think. While it is interesting to a lot of us in the sector, I think we've still not quite cracked that particular nut yet in, in that we want the mass market to be really interested in, in their meter and, and the types of deals we can get. I think ultimately that will happen because I think we are moving towards electric vehicles. Millions of people are going to be charging their electric vehicles in the home and the smart meter is going to be an integral part of that. So I think eventually we'll sort of evolve into a market where the the smart meter will become that really interesting little piece of kit in the, the corner of your kitchen or wherever it is. I think we're not quite there yet, though, from certainly what I've seen. Mm. Do you think that with the energy crisis and the looming cost of living crisis that's going to hit as early as the next couple of months, that demand might spike for smart meters, people wanting to be able to take a bit more control over their cost of energy and how they go about bringing down that cost? I certainly think if energy suppliers began using that narrative to say, well, look, you know, we, we've got this winter energy crisis that's looming, as you say, a cost of living crisis, all those things together, I think that's a really useful tool for energy suppliers to say, look, this little piece of kit that we really want to install there, and you don't pay up front, you will pay for it on your bills, but we think that it's going to really help you in the long run save money, which is an important factor. Still, while that is very important, I still would stress the, the need that the smart meter has in, in making us a much greener society. So that shouldn't be forgotten. But yes, I think the energy supplies really need to, as I said previously, own the narrative on these. And, and I think that the next couple of months will be a really good opportunity to try and target those households that have been historically hard to reach. I would also say that I think at the moment we've, we've really done the easy part of the smart meter rollout. The people that have got them now were probably the easiest market to tap into. And some people may not be able to have them for various technological reasons, but I think we've got a, a long road ahead. We've got the, the extension to the, the smart meter deadline, which I think is, is great, and I think we need to, to work towards that. But I think in the meantime, it, it is going to be tough getting those hard to reach households. That's an important point, Flair. Who are the people who are resisting, the consumers that aren't so sure that they want to get these smart meters? I mean, there's, there's a range of people across the population who still need convincing around this. And again, I think that offer of what is coming forward from suppliers, of what innovations are coming forward that people can actually make use of more with their smart meters is incredibly important in this discussion because people need to see the benefits of smart meters are often very future facing. You know, there's a lot of things coming in the future that maybe people can't see right now. So it's really good. And we're starting to see stuff in market already, whether that's different tariffs or whether it is offers from sort of technology companies as well that are making use of that data and actually changing people's perceptions. I think there are certain 
certain sort of groups that will need a bit more persuading. And certainly we don't want to leave anybody behind in this rollout either. So what we've seen from some of our studies is that potentially older, the old part of the population may be a bit more resistant to this change as well and may not quite understand the, the longer term benefits. But that's the importance of having sort of multiple messages around this as well and multiple ways of getting those messages out. You can't just rely on your social media or whatever to, to get that message out to everybody. You need to be thinking about actually how are we communicating? Who are we communicating to? And what are the best messages that, that they respond well to? We, you know, we're not all the same across Great Britain. We're all very, very different and we need to make Make sure that the, the messages fit in with that as well. One thing I did want to say, though, was around sort of I've, I've talked about future benefits of smart meters. But actually, for those on prepayment meters, the benefit is very much now. And that's a really important point to get out. So smart meters can work in prepayment or credit mode. And for those on prepayment, being able to top up at home or top up online rather than having to go out. I mean, particularly we saw this during COVID times. You know, they didn't have to go out. If you were self-isolating things, you could top up your meter at home. Those benefits are very much now. And I think it's really important to, to get that across as well. It's not just about those future benefits. There are benefits now. There are benefits if you're on credit mode. There are benefits in terms of having your energy use and your costs visible to you, particularly in this time. Fleers, industry not missing a trick here, though. There was a study from LSE that found at the time of the nearly 7 million households with smart meters, over 2 million did not recall being provided with advice on how to save energy at the point of installation. The benefits weren't being capitalized on, and you're losing their good word of mouth to other people who live in their buildings or their neighbors as to the savings that can be provided. I think you're right. And I think it is, you know, across industry, this is a big rollout, it's a big campaign with a lot of different supplies and things involved in this. And it's important that that messaging is right, and that the the time is taken to actually discuss that. I think people are probably far more receptive now in terms of hearing about those energy efficiency messages and understanding particularly around sort of carbon savings or, you know, what we can do from an environmental perspective as well. I think people are receptive to that. But equally, installers are only there for, you know, a matter of hours, most of that time spent installing the smart meter. So yes, that is part of it. But I think there's a wider role to play here for a number of organisations to be talking about, well, actually, how do we use your smart meter? Let's look at ways that we can do this innovatively. Let's look at ways that we can really appeal to people across the board as well. Mm. Jerome, the Prime Minister seems slowly but surely starting to acknowledge that the net zero transition needs to be framed as working for the taxpayer and consumer. There's been a lot of talk in the past about how it'll essentially cost nothing, but that's becoming harder and harder to do, especially when the Committee for Climate Change itself says that there's probably a £50 billion price tag attached to it every year between 2030 to 2050. It would strike me that there's some difficult conversations to happen with the public in, in the coming years about the cost of this transition. Perhaps smart meters are the flip side of that. They're the real benefit that actually going greener can bring down the cost of your energy bill. You said at the start of this conversation that there wasn't really a need to increase the government's commitment to smart meters. Maybe they're going to be that other side of the coin, the, the other balance that you're going to need to help push this net zero agenda through. Well, I think we all agree that there's going to be an awful lot of change between now and 2050. But with change comes opportunity. And just today, I'm holding up in front of me the net zero strategy, Build Back Greener, 
that's just been published. And it, it highlights, I'm, I'm sorry to say I haven't read it all just yet, but I'm, I've, I've started, but it highlights the direction of travel to get us to, to 2050 and carbon net zero. And our relationship with a whole raft of activities which we take for granted today, undoubtedly are going to be modified over the next couple of decades, but not necessarily for the worse, and I'd argue substantially for the better. And our relationship with, with energy, with gas and electricity, is going to be one of those examples where the relationship changes, but for the better. Because at the moment, we have a plug-in and pay relationship with energy. You get your bill at the end of the month, and in return, you expect energy to come out of your sockets or, or the gas on demand. And that's going to, I think, develop into a more of a relationship with a resource that can be manipulated to your own advantage. So particularly as we move into the world where more and more households have electric vehicles in particular with battery storage, significant battery storage within the household, then smart meters help to develop that change relationship. So it becomes a resource that you can take advantage of, that you can, you know, in a small way, play the market, I suppose, buy when it's cheap, sell when it's expensive, and be part of the smart grid that's going to develop over the next 20 years. So I, I see that as actually being an enrichment of our lives, that we're taking control of the resources, that we're being part of the solution, which more and more people recognize the, the net zero transition as being an endeavor that we all want to be part of. We all want to save the planet for future generations. And if you've got a bit of a degree of agency, then I think that can change our relationship. It's been reinforced by studies from environmental groups where they've been concerned about how do you persuade, not the true believers, but all the rest of us who need a, a nudge to start getting involved in climate change actions. And the overwhelming answer is that you just need to take w the first step. You need to do one thing in your life which has a low carbon slant or a climate change perspective. And that one change in a person's life then facilitates and accelerates their approach to other parts of their, the way they live. And so I, I see smart meters as amazing potential. We've got over 25 million of them currently in households, and we're installing them at a rate of 200,000 per month and counting. So this is a fantastic way that we can allow people, encourage people in their own homes to start having agency over their response, their personal response to climate change. And that's a great thing. Adam, listening to this podcast so far, you would think that there is no reason not to get a smart meter. It's only a benefit to the consumer, only bring down the cost of your bills. Is that the case? I mean, where's the hidden cost? Where's the difficulty? Where, what's the hidden bit that we haven't gotten to in this podcast yet? It's putting me on the spot there, finding the hidden bit. In all honesty, there will be cost with this. I think it's a massive role. I mean, we're on about targeting the entire country. We're a population of over 65 billion, there and thereabouts, close to 70 million. There's a lot of households in Great Britain, and there will be costs to this, which will filter through customers' bills. I will say that on a customer's energy bill, they will be paying for stuff that they will never even consider, like policy costs, for example, the transmission costs costs of getting the, that energy to their household. So I think ultimately, provided there's no upfront cost for a smart meter, which there isn't, I think most people will probably are quite disengaged from their energy supply anyway at the moment. And I, I don't think it will 
I don't think that issue will sort of filter through just yet. I mean, one thing I would say, is coming in on um, Jerome's point a few minutes ago, is smart meters are a real opportunity for the average citizen to, to do their bit, if you will, for, for climate change. Ultimately, all it is, is a couple of hours out of your day when your power's off while you, an engineer comes in and installs it. It's just a little screen in the corner of a room that you barely even noticed after you've had it a few months. In the past few weeks, we've seen major protests across the UK by Insulate Britain, inconveniencing thousands of motorists, really turning them away from the, the important issue that is climate change. I mean, I think most people would agree that climate change is, is a huge issue and that this country is legislated for 2050. We're going to have to make big changes. Having a smart meter individually isn't that much of a big change to your life. However, being inconvenienced on your way to work, to a hospital appointment, to school, whatever it is, that's a major inconvenience. And I think we're in danger of, of turning people away from this, this really important subject. Conversely, smart meters aren't that much of an inconvenience to everyday life. And I think ultimately that's, that's this massive benefit that we could have. While people don't really notice it when it's happening, I think when it really matters, when it really comes to crunch time and we have this fully digitalised energy system, I think that will cause way more people to, to change the habits than, than certain methods of protest that we've seen in, in the past few weeks and months. That's my personal opinion. If I can come in on the cost, there, there has been some analysis of the cost to industry and it's about £670 million per year are the installation costs and they're spread over the entire market. It's free when you get it installed, but inevitably that cost is picked up by energy buyers around the country. But the government's also done an analysis of what the benefit, the economic benefit to the country is of that investment. And from 2028 onwards, it's estimated it's going to save, in economic terms, £1.2 billion every year as a result of this investment. So that is a great investment. It's the right thing to do. That £1.2 billion will be reflected in future energy costs for everyone in this country. So we're all beneficiaries from this investment in the long run. Fleur, Adam and Jerome have been talking about the buy-in that you're going to need, and not just to get smart meters into people's homes, but for the overall commitment to net zero. So for those who are still skeptical, what more do you think could be done to try to sway hearts and minds? I think there's still a real lack of understanding about what net zero means and how smart meters you know, are, are part of that story as well. You know, smart meters absolutely pave the way for an energy efficient future. They're, they're essential for a flexible energy system. We've heard sort of both Adam and Jerome talking about the opportunities that that allows consumers both to engage in a market that right now we we can't engage and we don't understand how to engage in, but also to look at how we're integrating renewables into that system as well. So using perhaps locally produced greener energy, ultimately further down the line. Our lives are going to have to change. I think it's really important that in terms of thinking about net zero and the changes that we're looking at in the future, we need to learn the lessons as well of how messages like this are communicated. I think that's particularly important going forward. You know, we're hearing about heat pumps, we're hearing about net zero, we're hearing about, you know, electric vehicles. We need to make sure that the communication on that is clear, that it's trusted. And same with smart metering information. We need to make sure that people understand the benefits, both to them, but more broadly as well. And I think that's, that's critical 
over the next sort of couple of decades that we get that right. Adam, you mentioned that it's a few hours out of somebody's day to get a smart meter installed. There are going to be a lot of people in rental properties who, if we're going to put it lightly, already feel as though they do not have the upper hand when it comes to the housing market and their living situation. Who might be slightly confused about where this responsibility lies, actually asking them to take a few hours out of their day when it's not their apartment, it's not their home, and they already are so limited in what they can do there it might actually to those people feel like a bit of an ask absolutely no i i think you are right and i mean i'm speaking from my own personal experience i'm, I'm a renter myself and i i had to seek the landlord's permission to to make the, the change and they were really flexible with it so i was in a fortunate position however i, I do recognize that some people to have your energy cut off in the middle of the day while it might be a minor inconvenience to some it could be a major inconvenience to others especially if you need power for certain medical equipment is one example that a lot of network companies are are acutely aware of. I do think there are options if you are in that position where you can you can ask your supplier for extra assistance. It's not an area that I'm really well read on but that that is something that I have heard in the past that if you are concerned about your energy supply being cut off you can well this is happening there are ways around it. Anecdotally I know that Octopus Energy for example when they're installing a smart meter, they connect you to a, a remote control router so that your broadband doesn't get cut off or something like that, which is again helps the basically makes things a little bit easier for, for consumers. So I know there are different options out there, but yes, I, I totally accept and understand that for some people that this could be quite a, a major inconvenience in their day. However, I think in the long run, it could really help people, especially if you're a vulnerable consumer that is is worried about the cost of energy. You can keep on top of it by just seeing how much you're spending every day in real time, which which will be a benefit to to some people. And as Fleur has already said, I think customers on prepayment meters, you can get remotely topped up from your supplier. So I think, again, that's more on the financial side of things, but I, I think, there are ways around those issues, although, yes, as you say, it can be quite difficult for, for some consumers. Sorry, could I just come in quickly on the landlords issue? Yes. So we've we've been doing some work with landlords, with letting agents, with organisations that work with them as well, because we know actually from our studies that those people in rental properties are actually quite keen to get a smart meter, but often the blockage is that they don't realise, or there may be a clause in their contract even that says that they can't change their meter. So we're working quite hard on that at the minute to look at actually how do we raise awareness around that, both with landlords to make sure that they're aware of, of the benefits of smart metering. I mean, there certainly are benefits, both for landlords and for the residents as well in terms of you know accurate billing in terms of you know end of contract billing and things like that there are there are things there that can appeal to both sides but I think there, there is a lack of awareness and we are addressing that right now we're actually in smart meter awareness week where we're working with landlords and letting agents on on this very issue sharing that information and I think it's a really important one because we have so many people in rental properties right now that you know it, it is really important that they're, they're not being left behind in this rollout. The last question I want to ask to all of you, and Jerome, I'll start with you, is to what extent realistically smart meters are part of the net zero ambition? It's not going to solve climate change. It's not the answer to all of our problems. Realistically speaking, is this a small or a big step forward to hitting the government's target of net zero by 2050? Jerome? 
I think it's a big step forward. And the reason is this. In a recent survey, the majority of people did not associate their domestic heat with climate change. So we've got a, a long way to go in the discussion with the general public to educate and inform and to make the connections that, in fact, domestic heating is 14% of, of emissions from this country. So it's a massive source of carbon emissions. And we all take that for granted because we're involved in this debate. But the majority of people, that is news to. So what smart meters can help do is part of that conversation, it's a step inside people's homes whereby they can start getting involved in the wider debate and we can sell the benefits of taking action, of assuming a degree of agency over your own actions. And it gives people power. Society is full of doom and gloom, uh, warnings about climate change. What smart meters do, in a small but really significant way, is they give the power to make effective change into the hands of all of us and right at home. And I think that's really powerful because it's the first step for many people in taking control of their own emissions. And I think that's a really powerful thing. It's a really powerful step in the right direction. Flair? Yeah, I mean, I absolutely agree. It's really important that from a consumer perspective that we start to understand our energy far better. I mean, you'd never go to a garage and fill up your car without knowing how much it's going to cost. So why are we still doing that with the fuel that comes into our homes? So I think the visibility that smart meters provide allow people to be far more flexible, to understand actually when they can use energy, when are peak times, when when can they use energy at sort of cheaper times or when there's not so much pressure on the grid. There's also the opportunity then in terms of innovation, in terms of thinking actually what's coming in the future, in terms of the way that we use our energy, in terms of the way that we buy, the way that we sell our energy. And I think there's, there's all sorts of exciting opportunities out there, both for those people who, who really want to do that and are interested in it, but also in terms of engaging those who are disengaged in the energy market. There'll be services there that can help supply this as well, allow you to get engaged without actually having to do anything around it. And I think that's, that's really exciting. But we need the data and we need smart media to enable that so they're really critical to to get rolled out to everybody adam yes i think with each installation i think you've got to look at it from a sort of uh, certainly i think of it it's a, a small step results in a giant leap as the old saying goes and i think millions of, of individual installations all add up and i think ultimately it gets millions more people engaged with their energy and even if you're not quite as engaged with your energy after you've had a smart meter installed, I think at least it's, it's sending accurate meter readings to your energy supply, which ultimately benefits the consumer in the long run. And I think ultimately, each individual household that gets a smart meter, that's one step closer to, to basically digitalizing our energy system, which is the future, it's the way that we're going. I think about 15, 20 years ago, we all talked about the big digital switchover and you know, at one point terrestrial television was, was five channels. Now everybody through digitalization has access to potentially thousands of, of television channels. And I think it's a sort of similar concept here. We're, we're digitalizing what has historically been an analog system. And I think ultimately that's, that's gonna be a huge benefit to, to not only the consumer, but the UK economy as a whole really. And I, I think that's, that's the way that we, we've got to look at this. There's no one size fits all. And I don't think smart meters in, in and of themselves are, are the solution to net zero and climate change. They're not, but they're part of a much bigger, they're a small cog in a, in a massive mechanism. And I think it'll all fit together and eventually will be a much 
better off country because of them. Fleer, Jerome, and Adam, thank you for joining me.